As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Welcome to episode 84 of Swimming Upstream. I'm Eric Sammons. Well, it's the end of the year, and that means it's time for New Year's resolutions. I'm recording this the last week of December, and I'm going to post it at that time of 2018. So it's that time to think, okay, what can we do better in 2019? I know this is a popular thing to do, and, but that doesn't mean it's not a good thing to do. I think it's always a good thing to have regular times that we look at our life and say, okay, how can we live better? And as Catholics, how can we live a more holy, more Christ-like life? And I think, though, even uh, non-spiritual matters, I think, are important to also have resolutions about. For example, it's a very common as a New Year's resolution to have, I want to lose weight. I want to get in better shape. That's a good thing. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and so therefore we should take care of them. We are body and soul composites. We're not a soul trapped in a body. That's a heresy if you're Catholic. It's a heresy no matter what, but if you're Catholic, you, know it's a her- you should know it's a heresy. But we're a composite of body and soul. Eventually, we will be reunited with our, our bodies after we die. And so we should take care of our bodies. Now, in 2018, I actually did that. I lost a lot of weight. I got in better shape uh, through intermittent fasting and a keto diet. And I have a podcast a few, probably about a month or so ago, that talks about that. If you want to look up intermittent fasting in my podcast, you can, you can look at that. And I'm still doing that. And so that's been great. But I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I want to do in 2019 to uh, better my life, to, to, to do things better maybe than I have been doing in the past? And something came up in my mind uh, for the past few weeks. But then I saw um, Pope Francis's Christmas Eve message in which he urged a simpler, less materialistic life. Now, I know if you listen to this podcast, it's likely you're not a huge fan of Pope Francis because you know I'm not a huge fan of Pope Francis and a lot of things he does. I have a lot of issues with, uh, with his political views and a lot of his theological views and the way he runs church. Okay, that being said, I think it's a good message, the idea that we should live a simpler, less materialistic life. Now, I know also, I have all these caveats, I know whenever I talk about Pope Francis in a positive way, I also know Pope Francis will bring up, you know, brings up the evils of capitalism and, and basically urges almost a socialism when he talks about this. But let's, I'll talk about that in a minute. But what I want to talk about first, though, is just the message of a simpler, less materialistic life. I think that's a good message, and it's a very Catholic message and one that we should embrace in our own lives, and one that, frankly, is very difficult to embrace today. Maybe, you know, a few hundred years ago, telling somebody to live a simpler, less materialistic life was kind of ludicrous because they already were, just by the very nature of the economy they lived in, their status in society, and the way they had to live. You know, a serf in the Middle Ages, he lived a pretty, material, a pretty unmaterialistic, a pretty simple lifestyle just by the very nature of uh, the society he lived in and his status. But today, that's not the case, at least not in America in 2018, almost 2019. Most of us do not live a simple, uh, a simple lifestyle. 
but we really are called to do that as Catholics, you know, and, and really Christians listening to this, Catholics listening to this, even non-Christians, I think there's a lot of value in a, a lot of uh, just normal value in your life if you live a, less, a more simple, less materialistic lifestyle. I realize, and this is something I've been thinking about before Pope Francis had this homily, I realize that I've actually accumulated a lot of stuff in my life. And I, I buy things unthinkingly. I'm not like some super shopper in the sense I don't have like a million pairs of shoes or a lot of clothing or stuff like that. But I do buy a lot of stuff at Amazon. I did something recently that I would recommend anybody do. There's actually a way on Amazon. You can Google to find out how. They, Amazon buries the feature. There's a way you can download all your purchases, all your orders at Amazon into a spreadsheet format. And so I did that for 2018. I looked at all my purchases I made at Amazon, which is where I do the vast majority of my shopping uh, for anything. I, I just don't go out to get things. I, I only get things on Amazon, basically. And it's funny, because whenever I get something, and my mom asked me, you know, the older, not really on the internet too much, she asked me, like, oh, where'd you get that? And I always say Amazon. She always like, oh, of course you did. Why do I even ask? But so I, I went through, though, my, what I, my purchases in 2018, and it was a bit startling. I did divide them up. I mean, some of the purchases were, were grocery items. Some were uh, items I needed around the house, like a, 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 our, our, the belt on our vacuum broke, and so I had to replace that. Obviously, those are necessary things that I'm not saying anything wrong with those things. But I did then look at the number of gifts, the number of... Uh, gifts for myself, we'll say, things that were unnecessary I bought. And if you know me, you know the biggest category that fell into that was books. And I don't think it's bad to buy books. In fact, I love books. I would be, I'd love to just be surrounded by books. If you ever watched Seinfeld and you remember George would talk about he wanted to just be laced in, in velvet. He wanted to be just completely in velvet. That's me with books. I just want books all around. I admit that. And I know it's materialistic in a way, but I hope it's not completely materialistic. It does, have, it does have value to my life, books. However, when I looked at the list of books I bought in the past, and yes, it, it totaled uh, more than I want to admit on air. But when I looked at the list, what was a little bit uh, depressing to me is how many I didn't actually read. And that really got to me. Books I bought, and when I bought them, I thought, oh, okay, I'm they weren't reference books. I thought, okay, I'm going to read this. I really want to read this book. I really want this book. It wasn't at the library, and I, I decided to buy it. But then I didn't end up reading it. I either Some I didn't even start. I would buy like five books, you know, maybe at one point in, in one order, and I would only read maybe two of them. I didn't read, I didn't open the other three. Some I opened up, started, didn't really read. And so that really made me resolve, okay, do not buy a book on Amazon unless you're going to use it. Either it's a reference you need for, I need for some work I'm doing, or it is something I know I'm going to read. And if I'm not sure I'm going to read it, don't, don't get it. And a lot, one thing I realize I can do is, that is a good thing to do, is I will now download a sample onto my Kindle before I purchase, even before I purchase a physical book, if there's a Kindle version. Because usually the sample's pretty long, and I can actually sit down and read it and decide, is this a book I actually want to buy? And so that really helps me. I think, I'm hoping that's going to help me to reduce uh, the, the number of things I buy unnecessarily and the money I waste. But So my point of this is that I realized that I do accumulate too much stuff. I do buy too much stuff. And one way I, and, and so what I decided to do is I also wanted to look around the house and say, what are some things I have that I don't really need? And I'm, 
What was amazing, I realized, is I've lived in seven different houses since I've been married. We've moved a number of times in our marriage, and that's about 23, 23 and a half years I've been married, and I've, moved, I've lived in seven different houses. I have things that I have had in an attic in seven different houses over 23 years that I have never used or looked at, really. I'm not just talking about like some really sentimental item that I just can't give up. I'm talking about just papers that were, you know, I thought were important 20 some years ago or knickknacks or, or just things I just never got around to. So I've spent the energy to move those things from one house to another. I've packed them up or I got the box, I put it in the truck or whatever it was and I moved them and I, I unpacked them and I stored them again. And I realized, why am I doing this? Why do I have all these things that I never use, never reference, and yet I continually move them around into house to house to house? So one of my resolutions in 2019 is to get rid of that, most of that stuff, go through it and get rid of it. Now, some of you might realize what I've been talking about for the past few minutes, this idea of simplifying our life, becoming less materialistic. It has a name these days that a lot of people are embracing, non-Catholics, non-Christians, just anybody's embracing, and it's called minimalism. And my own thoughts towards this have made me look into minimalism. And so what is minimalism? Well, the short answer is it's another fad. <laughs> and I know it's easy to dismiss fads. I, I tend to do that. Whenever something becomes very popular and lots of people embrace it, I tend to be contrarian, which my wife will tell you is an unfortunate uh, character personality trait of mine, character flaw perhaps. And so I am contrarian, so I usually reject this stuff. But I do think that there can be fads that can be of use, that can be good. Like, for example, I know that intermittent fasting is a fad right now. However, it's made a huge impact in my own life. And so, therefore, I think it's, you know, I don't care that it's a fad. I embrace it anyway. Well, minimalism is kind of like that. What is minimalism? Let's just take a step back and just ask ourselves, what is minimalism? Basically, it's the idea that less is more. <laughs> I guess that's probably the easiest way to put it. And the, the idea is that we get rid of extra stuff to focus on the things that we value. We get rid of things to focus on other things, the things we value. And so what is it that we're getting rid of? We're getting rid of the things around us, the, the, all the possession, a lot of the possessions that we own, the things in our house that clutter up the house, take up mental energy, but they don't really give us any value. And this can be both material and digital, actually. One of the things I've started doing is I'm clearing out my, my uh, inbox, my mail. I have so much mail that comes to me from subscriptions to various websites that I have ordered something from, been to, whatever. They've gotten my email address. Legitimately, these aren't, these aren't spam. These are people who've actually I've given my email address to for one reason or another. But I realize I don't, I don't look at 99% of them. Yet I see them, I, I see that, you know, when it comes up in my inbox, I see them. I, yes, I have Gmail where I organize it and it goes into the, uh, the, the box that, that is the, um, what is it, the updates box, I think it is, or promotions or whatever that is. And so that does help some. But at the same time, it, it, it takes mental energy to process those. And they don't add any value to my life at all. So I'm getting rid of all that. You know, just the, the things that cause a mess in my, in my bedroom or in the living room or whatever that, that I just don't need. I'm getting, you get rid of those things. And so what it does is it clears our mind to focus. I don't think we realize how much mental energy we spend on things. 
you know, having, and I'm not even talking about like, you know, my, if you know the way I dress, I don't have like some fancy wardrobe and I don't, I don't dress in like the nicest clothes or anything like that. But you know, it's not just the wardrobe that might be for some people, but not, not even necessarily just a wardrobe, just all the things that you have. It's amazing if you can start going through them, how much, how many things that we have. And so what I'm trying to do is what would be called today a more minimalist lifestyle, but I would just call it a more simple lifestyle. And now I think, you know, this is, is, is people who listen to this podcast know I'm Catholic, and so I usually try to bring my Catholic faith into these discussions. And I think this is a very, uh, very much in keeping with Catholicism. I mentioned Pope Francis, of course, talked about living a simpler, less materialistic life. Well, it's very, it's very much in line with Catholicism to embrace this idea of a simpler life, a, a minimalist life, frankly. We just call it Franciscanism. <laughs> I mean, the Franciscan tradition in Catholicism very much embraces this idea of a simple, less materialistic lifestyle. Now, personally, I've always been very attracted to St. Francis of Assisi. He's my favorite saint of all time. I love him. I personally believe... He is the best image of Jesus Christ we have in the, who's ever lived. He's the, he's the best imitator of Jesus. That was his goal in life, once he had his conversion, of course, was he wanted to be like Jesus Christ. I mean, it was a very simple, again, simplicity was his key. It was a very simple goal. He just wanted to be like Christ. He wanted to be exactly like Jesus Christ was. And so he tried to live his life such a way that he did that. And so he eschewed all, eschewed the right word? Is that how you pronounce it? The problem with having a podcast by yourself is you can't have anybody correct you in the middle of the podcast say, oh, you mispronounced that. I have a baseball podcast I do with my son, and when I mispronounce something on that, he will just correct me right there on the fly, which is embarrassing but also nice. Anyway, he gets rid of things. He doesn't, he, he, he rejects material items. Francis did all material items in his case. I and mean, he basically, the only thing he owned was the, the um, classic he wore. And that was about it. And so, and he even said, one of the things he said, I'm going to butcher this, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but basically, you know, there's some Franciscans early on who were trying to say, let's own this, let's own that, let's get a, a, you know, own these books. He said, if I own a book, then I have to have somewhere to store it. And so therefore, I now have to have a shelter. I have to have a house. If I have a house, now I have to protect that house. Now I have to have staff or somebody to, 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 to protect the house and keep it tidy and things like that. If I have that, I have to have people to guard it. I have to pay all this stuff. So the point was even buying one little thing like a book leads to a lot of mental energy, a lot of other effort that could be spent doing something else. And in St. Francis's case, that was evangelizing, caring for the poor, and loving others, basically. And so he is the ultimate minimalist. We want to use the modern faddish term. St. Francis of Assisi is the ultimate minimalist. What he did was he got rid of all the extra stuff to focus on what he values. In Francis's case, the extra stuff was literally everything. Everything was extra stuff to St. Francis. But that what they gave was a clear-cut focus on what he valued, and that was imitating Jesus Christ. You see this also in just all, all religious life that's done properly. Somebody who enters a convent, a woman who enters a convent, for example, she gives up all her material possessions and she, to live a life focused on her faith, focused on Jesus Christ and following him. Now, that's not the call of every person. You know, I'm married. I have seven kids. I have a wife. I support them with my job, you know, things like that. I, I try to educate them. 
uh, things of that nature. I simply can't live exactly like St. Francis did. That's a call for some people. I don't want to act like it's not a call for some people. Some people are called to that. One of the best order, religious orders uh, in existence today is the Franciscan Friars of Renewal based in New York, and they have uh, friaries all over the world now. But they try to do that. They try to live like St. Francis, and so they have a more radical call than most of us. But even those of us who are living in the world, we have a radical call to live a simple, less materialistic lifestyle. But we don't have a call to give up everything. I have an obligation as a father and as a husband to provide for my kids, for my wife, to provide food, to provide shelter, clothing, education, things of that nature. But I think when we look at everything that we're providing, everything we're, we're purchasing and getting, we realize how much of it, we should realize how much of it is truly unnecessary, how much of it is extra stuff that takes our focus on what we value. Providing for my family, making sure they have food on the table and clothes to eat, and clothes to, clothes to eat. Uh, boy, that would be in a bad situation if that was the case. Clothes to wear, shelter, a roof over their head. Doing that would not take, should not take me away from following Christ, being a good Catholic, because that is being a good Catholic by doing those things. However, perhaps some of the other stuff I, I end up getting on Amazon or other places, perhaps that does take away from that, that more single-minded devotion to Christ that we should have. And of course, just being an example to our own kids. If you're a parent, do you have more focus on things or on people? We all would say people, but do we really have more focus on things or do we have more focus on people? I mean, our focus should be on our faith, on the people around us, and on a few things, like I said, a few things are necessary, and our focus can include those. For example, like shelter and food and, and material items, and even some entertainment. It's not, you know, we're, we are, we're not, man does not live by bread alone, so to speak. Um, there is nothing wrong with some entertainment. But if that becomes a focus, a major focus of everything we do, then that really can be a problem. Now, I want to make one little aside, and this takes me back to what Pope Francis said about in his Christmas Eve message and Pope Francis's own views about capitalism and socialism, things like that. Now, people who listen to this podcast or know me know I am a diehard capitalist. I am 100% embrace the free market, and I believe capitalism is the best political system we have to lift people out of poverty and to build a strong economy in which people don't have to basically struggle just to survive. And I, from what I can understand, Pope Francis does not agree with me on that. He, believe, he, he, he very much loves to talk about the eels of capitalism. I personally think his idea of what capitalism is is misguided and wrong and somewhat based upon his own views that were developed when he was growing up in Argentina. What, what he thought was capitalism was actually crony capitalism, I guess you could call it cronyism, and it was really a government-still-ordered uh, society and, and um, economy. Capitalism, in essence, means freedom for voluntary exchanges. That's really all it means, is that a political system which gives freedom for voluntary exchanges. If I have something that I want to sell, and another person has something that he wants to buy, we can exchange those things we want, or through the use of currency, I can just sell something to somebody for some money, use that money to then buy something from somebody else. There should be nobody, no government official as a third party moving into those free exchanges between two people. 
So I think I should be allowed to buy, in the sense of the government allowed to buy, basically anything that I want. And the same goes for everybody else. But just because I think the government should allow something, frankly, that's bad language, because the government doesn't allow something. They only restrict what is a natural right anyway. But just let's just say, use that terminology. Just because the government allows something doesn't mean a person has to choose that thing. I should be free, for example, to buy the most sophisticated gun on earth if I want. I, I should be, frankly, I should be allowed to buy a tank if I want to. It doesn't mean I should do that. I should be allowed to spend all my money on, uh, let's say, I don't know, clothes if I want to. It doesn't mean I should do that. These things are, uh, should be, I should be free to do. It doesn't mean I should do them. And so although the Pope talks about simplicity, the importance of simplicity, he's right. I wouldn't argue for a forced simplicity that you would see with some socialist. I mean, you see that a lot in our country with a lot of um, liberal types, uh, Democrats, socialists, maybe that's all the same word these days. I mean, obviously that's a terrible use of the word. Liberalism used to be against socialism, but that's an aside I won't go into today. But I don't think we should force people to simplicity. I don't think people who live a more extravagant lifestyle should, under threat of law, be told that you can't do that anymore, that you have to give these things up, you can't buy these things, or whatever the case may be. They should be allowed to do that if they want to. I do think, though, through persuasion, we should convince people that happiness isn't found in these things. You can buy all the stuff you want. You can have a mansion filled with junk that doesn't make you happy. I think there's that we should also be free to preach that message. And that's a message, it's a Christian message, but it goes beyond Christianity. It's just the the way we are made, the way or even if you don't believe in God, the way we're designed by I don't know, by the forces of nature. I don't know what you want to call it. But it's a proven fact for anybody who has an open mind that things do not make us happy. People is what make is what makes people happy. Other people also can make them miserable at times, but that's the human condition. But the idea of just accumulating things will make you happy isn't true. Once, and studies have shown this. Once you get beyond a certain level of sub, uh, subsidence, sus, sustenance, thank you again for my, uh, sorry about the uh, mispronunciation there, a certain level of sustenance, basically your, your happiness is not increased by the more things you have, the more money you have. I mean, it's been shown that if you can, if you have enough money to support yourself. So let's say in this country, uh, $50,000 a year, I think was what the number I saw. Maybe it was $40,000 a year. Let's say you make $40,000 a year. You can support yourself. Maybe you're, you have a small family, something like that. The more money you have over that does not increase your happiness by the same percentage as how much you have. So a, four, a person who makes $400,000 a year is not 10 times happier than somebody who makes $40,000 a year. That's just not how it works. Once you hit a certain level of income, you don't get more happy More happy the, the more money you have, the more income you have. And the same thing goes true with things. Obviously, you might be miserable if you don't have any clothes, you don't have shelter, things like that. But once you have those things that you need to survive, the more things you have don't add to your happiness exponentially. In fact, I would argue they take away from your happiness because what they do is they take you away, away from things that can truly make you happy, can make you uh, satisfied, maybe that's not the right word, let's just say happy. Happiness obviously is a subjective term, and as Catholics, we would look, as a Catholic would look at that word a little differently than maybe an atheist would, but let's just use the generic term for right now. The point is all these things aren't going to make you 
more happy and they're actually going to take away from your happiness. And so the point of this is back to my aside about capitalism. I very much embrace the free voluntary exchange of goods between peoples. I think that's the way that everybody, the most people are able to have that level in which they can thrive. And we see that. I mean, the poverty rate, I just saw this this morning. I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was like the poverty rate in 1980 was like 40%, and today it's like 9%, I think, worldwide. That's because of capitalism. That's because of the free voluntary exchanges that exist. That's what allows people to lift themselves out of poverty so that they can... Uh, not be worried about just their, their each day what they're going to have, if they have food, if they have shelter, if they have clothing, things like that. Okay, so let's wrap this up with some tips, some specific tips of ways in which we can live a more simple 2019. These are ways I'm going to try, and so I'd encourage you to think about them as well. The first one is clear out your stuff and give it away. You have way more stuff than you think you have. Go through it, and you could sell it. Yes, that's true. And you know, if you're in a financial situation in which you really need the money, I, I, you know, go ahead and sell it. There's nothing wrong with that. But I would encourage you, if you're not in that situation, to give it away. Give it away to those who, who need it more than you do. One example is we were given this really nice dollhouse about a year ago, and we already have two dollhouses for my girls. They didn't need a third dollhouse. This is a really nice one, though. And so as soon as we got it, I told the girls, I said, we need to, this isn't going to be ours. We need to give it to somebody who really could use it more than us. And they said, fine, but then I never got around to doing it. We literally had for, I want to say for maybe a year, maybe not a full year, but for a long time. Finally, I said, okay, we're going to get rid of this. Told the girls we we're going to find somebody who could use this more. Sure enough, we did. We found somebody who did not have a dollhouse. You know, it was actually a, 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 a school, a, a preschool, um, a Catholic preschool that need that, that was going to use it in their classroom. I just thought that's nice. They can get a lot more value out of it than somebody who has three dollhouses. So clear out your stuff and, and give it away if you can. So old clothes, clothes you haven't worn in a long time, but also all the stuff in your storage rooms and in your in your bedrooms and things like that. Okay, that's your first tip for 2019. The second tip, okay, so the first tip will hopefully get you to a, a simpler, less materialistic kind of base. Here's my second tip. If you buy something, you have to get rid of something equivalent. Now, when I say buy something, I'm not talking about the necessities of life, like food. I'm not saying if you buy food, you have to get, throw away some food. But I am saying, let's say you buy something for yourself, you have to then give away something equivalent to that. Let's say, you know, for me, books is a big weakness. I'm not necessarily even saying I have to give away a book. But if I buy a book, maybe I should find something else in my house that I can, that I can give away to somebody who needs it more than I do. Uh, if you buy, decide to buy a new watch, don't, don't keep your old watch. Give it away or throw it away if it's not necessary, if, you don't, if it doesn't work anymore or something like that. But the idea is you're not adding to the things that you own. You're not adding that mental clutter that you're putting in your mind. Another thing is that cut down on social media. Clutter isn't just material, it's digital. You know, I mentioned earlier about uh, clearing out my inbox, clearing out all the emails, all the subscriptions. I, I recommend that highly. But also just cut down on your social media. If you follow people on Twitter that you don't that, that cause you heartburn, stop following them. If you're friends with somebody on Facebook that you're not really friends with and you don't really like their posts, you know, unfriend them. It's not the end of the world. It's not that big a deal. And just go on social media less. Just tell yourself, okay, I'm only going to go on social media certain times a day because that takes away, that is a case of things that 
keep stuff that keeps you from focusing on what you value. I don't think any of us value mindlessly scrolling through our Facebook feed all day. All of us, I think, probably say, yeah, I probably wasted time doing that. And so what we want, let's, let's cut down on social media. I'm going to try to do that. I've tried that before, and I haven't always succeeded, but I'm going to try again. And that's the thing is with these things. We often try these New Year's resolutions, and then by the end of January, we've already off them. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't try them again. I mean, the Christian life is the matter of you fall down, you get back up again. The difference between a saint and a sinner is the saint gets back up after he falls. That's the only difference between the two. And it's the same thing with something like this. Yeah, we're probably going to you know, backslide and fall down, but let's try to keep it up. So cut down social media. And one thing I would also say is from, so clear out your stuff, give it away. If you buy something, give something away. Cut down your social media. Those three tips I would have for 2019. Let's try to do that to a little more simpler 2019. I'd also say, hopefully you will save money by doing this. If you save money because you are not buying as much stuff, then I would say you can use that for multiple things. You can use it for savings. Maybe you don't have a rainy day fund that you need to support your family. Do it for that. Maybe you have debt that you need to pay off. Hopefully this will cut down your debt because you won't add more debt, but then also pay off some of your debt. If you're in a good situation where you don't have debt, you have savings, give to the poor. Don't wait to just do that before you give to the poor. You should give to the poor even in your, uh, even if you have some need. Always should be giving to the poor. But you can give more fully to the poor if you have paid off your own debt and you have some savings to support your family. You can give more than just the, the kind of the minimal amount to the poor. You also, you know, you can use some of the extra money for experiences with your family. Instead of buying things, buy experiences. For example, a trip with your family. That's something that can, that's a good thing. It binds your family together. It bonds them together. And doing that is a very good thing uh, for anybody. And that's something you want to do. So, you know, buy experiences. Pay for maybe an extra vacation. Maybe you'll have enough money to buy an extra vacation or something like that. But the point is, is that You've now got the ability to focus on things you value, like savings, like paying off debt, like the poor, like experiences for the family. Those things you can do if you're not consumed with things. And and when I say consumed with things, people picture like Paris Hilton or something like that. But really, all of us are. That's that's my big realization, my big takeaways. I realize even though on the outside I might look like I don't have a lot of things and I don't buy a lot of things, I really do. I do do enough that it takes away focus from things of value. So that's my big encouragement. So that's it for today. But what I want to really do is encourage people in 2019 to embrace a simpler lifestyle, a less materialistic lifestyle, and yes, a more minimalistic lifestyle. Because I do think it can help all of us to then focus on, free us up to focus on things that matter, our faith, our family, helping the poor, things of that nature, which are far more important than any of the things that clutter up our rooms in our house. Okay, well, that's it for today's show. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.